Hello, Alexander Yolevsky. See, I still felt nervous about saying it then. Oh, you said that perfectly. Beautiful. Perfectly. Yeah, so if you don't know what's going on, we are now live on Twitter and YouTube at the same time via the magic of the internet. And I'm talking to basically random people every Tuesday at 7pm BST. And today I'm talking to Alex. He's told me I can call him Alex because it'll save us at least 30 minutes so we can talk about other stuff. Uh, The reason I wanted to talk to Alex is because, well, I first met him in the VV community, in the Visualize Value community. And he's kind of very similar to me. So before we started chatting, I asked him, what do you do? And if he's anything like me, he gets that question all the time and he can never answer it. And this, and I'm going to quote you here, Alex, this is exactly what you said. I've been running a digital marketing business for nine years, nearly exactly the same amount of time as me. After trying many different careers during and after university, I help businesses get customers online through web design, SEO, crea- SEO, content creation, lead generation, and other organic marketing strategies. He's shaking his head now. And he loves re- writing, recording, editing music. And the bit I want to ask you about is you used to be in a band on national TV. What's that about? <laughs> yeah, those were the good old days. Um yeah, I love to write music, and I'm I was the lead singer and played some keyboard for uh, for a band called Times, um, and we were we were a band. I think now it's been maybe twelve years ago. Uh, yeah, maybe twelve years now. And we were on so in, in Canada because I'm from Toronto, Canada. It's like our MTV. We have obviously we have MTV, but Much Music was like the Toronto Canadian version of that Much Music television. <laughs> and it was a uh, reality show that someone came to one of our shows, someone from, from much music, which is now CT, I guess CTV or bell owned. And, um, they said, do you want to be part of a reality show? We kind of follow you around and then you play for the judges at, you know, at the main much music building. And we got to meet Coldplay and the killers. And, um, our guru at the time was, uh, Greg Nori, who he was the singer of Treble Charger. Uh, I think their hit was American Psycho. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, I, w- I was in a band for, you know, five to, to six years and did a bunch of shows around Ontario and whatnot, came out with an album and I think it's still on iTunes. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was a blast and I was the lead singer there and, we were on TV. It was pretty crazy. It was called Disband. I actually think it's still on iTunes. And I, I bought it. I bought my own episode. But just for, like, perseverance of the act, just to preserve that memory. Although I will say I've only watched it once in the last decade because it's very cringeworthy to look back um, and the way that I acted and thought I was I thought it was hot shit or something like that. <laughs> We we are like we are like really uh, really too cool for school and I think uh, I probably thought I was um, <laughs> try to mix like a, a mixture of Bono from U two with Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses <laughs> and Brendan Flowers from The Killers I think I tried to combine those three and I pretended like I had an ego bigger than all of them for some reason but uh, it was a blast it, it was awesome we got I will say that we did sell out. We were the only band of that reality show to sell out that building, but we still got disbanded. 
They didn't like that I wore my sunglasses indoors. <laughs> um, but it was cool. I mean, I actually, we actually learned a lot from, from that. Just there's a lot of things I would have said and done differently, but at the same time, just going through the pro, like seeing the producers following you and how long it took to get 25 minutes of a, of an episode, right? We were yeah. filming for a month so we can get 25 minutes. Um, which wow. which is amazing but you know as a teenager it was uh quite an experience so so how did you go from that be on tv and then you kind of did you feel like it, it, you was going down a step if you did anything other than more tv or become did you want to be famous yeah well, that was the complex that it kind of created in me where it felt like anything else i did wasn't what I should be doing. Like, it was like, no, like whether I was good at it or if I enjoyed it a little bit, there's always that complex in my mind that made me think this, no, I meant to be on stage. I meant to be in front of a crowd. I meant to, 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 you know, write my own songs and record stuff. And so the problem is you always think of everything else that you do in life as a plan B or as a backup. Mm. Meanwhile, you're putting a lot of time and effort into that backup and it's, most likely going to be your plan A, but in your mind, you're thinking, no, like there's always something better. And I think that's what caused all these sort of different maneuvering and career changes throughout my life before I decided to, I mean, I've been in digital marketing, like you said, almost a decade now. It's the longest I've ever done one thing uh, for that long period of time. I mean, obviously within there, I'm doing a lot of things on the side. And I think that's just something that comes with the territory and with the personality um, Dan Sullivan from strategic coach would call it like a quick start where you just, you're, you're very excited by new things. Um, and you're always trying to, you're trying to figure things out for yourself. Can I do it? Can I do it better? And that kind of thing. But that show, you know, yeah, I still miss it. Um, I joined a band a couple of years ago because I was, because I was missing it. And, you know, we did some shows downtown Toronto, which was great. Fantastic. But it takes up a lot of time, um, especially now with, you know, I've got over, I think he's one and a half years old now. <laughs> it's crazy. Time flies, but the one and a half year old boy and, you know, and we're moving and life and the business is very busy and, and that kind of stuff. So unfortunately you realize it's not as easy to do that. I don't think I could do a reality show if somebody asked me to, uh, with a band right now. But uh, every so often, I just think about it. What if I just took a couple days a week, a um, few hours a week, and record and release new albums? And I'm always thinking about it every single day. Now's the time maybe to pick up that guitar. Now's the time to start playing the piano or, or record, you know, boot up Logic Pro X and, and get it started. So, yeah, it, it, it created a complex in me, but I think it also created this sort of drive to just continuously look for that um, that high of some sort, that high of creating and, and getting that feedback. So I've tried to recreate that in terms of, in terms of, um, you know, things like this and, you know, started a podcast with the relaunch of podcast, creating audiences for other businesses and, and seeing their audiences grow and get their content growing, you know, whether it's through different video footage and podcasts and insights. And I guess the audience comes in forms of traffic and leads, um, and, and, reoccurring customers it's a different type of audience but it's an audience nonetheless that we're trying that we're trying to attain yeah i i, I relate to you in a lot of ways on the well in fact on both of them i i whenever you get on a stage 
So whenever I get on a stage, it's usually to give a talk of some kind to a conference or something. There's never any, there's no other feeling quite like it when, when people are looking at you and they're, they're only listening or watching what you're doing. When you are performing in front of other people, there's no other feeling quite like it. But I, I also feel the same way about, about doing lots of things. And ju- and just before just before I jumped on this call, I did actually think about this a little bit because you, you sound very much like what I've done. So I, I started as a as a I guess you'd probably say a web designer when I first started fifteen years ago. I was doing web design, and then I moved into kind of doing a bit of logo stuff, a bit of brand stuff, and then a little bit of marketing stuff maybe, and then it kind of expands out and out and out from that. And then I, I'm, I'm like doing loads of stuff in my spare time and doing this podcast and then doing other stuff and always trying new ideas all of the time. And it, I'm just thinking, is there a name for this? And I thought, I wonder if this relates to you. I, I thought we're, we're anti-procrastinators. So yes, you, you, are, you were almost... I don't know whether it's a fear, but I guess there is a bit of a fear in me. You're so scared of having nothing to do that you just do loads of stuff. And you just, you're so excited about something. So you'll read a book or you'll see a tweet or you'll see a blog post or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'd love to do that. So you just go away and just learn it and you just do it. And then before you know it, it's took over your life for a couple of weeks and you go, oh, I, I actually quite enjoy this. And then you carry on doing it. And then it's another skill to your bow or, or whatever way you want to put it. And then another thing comes along like that. And it, it's like an anti-procrastination that you just become obsessed with things. And to the point where you're just so busy and you've got all of these things going on that you just don't know where to focus. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, you said that you started off just doing websites, um, but was there anything like not what things do you do that are not, you know, marketing design related? Are, like, are there other things that sort of, that you anti-procrastinate with basically? I, I've, I've tried lots of stuff o- over the years. Every, basically every time I start doing something, I do it to, uh, to an obsession. So when the first thing that really hit me was when I was, when I was still in, in school, actually probably in high school, and I first discovered uh, American football. And it, it isn't a popular thing in Britain, but there is places where you can play American football. And I kind of became obsessed with American football. I started playing American football. And I become so obsessed with it that within a couple of years, I was playing for Great Britain. And then I, I, I just continued to be obsessed with it. And then I played for England a couple of times. And then probably after about five or six years, I got bored of it and stopped doing it. And then the next kind of sport in that hobby or whatever that came along was more recently, which was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I became obsessed with it. I wanted to learn everything about it. I started doing it six days a week. uh, And to the point where there was other things I should have been doing between 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever it was. But I'd put it off and go do Jiu-Jitsu because I was obsessed with getting better in that moment, obsessed with getting better at jiu-jitsu. And now because of coronavirus and stuff, that's not really happening. I'm training maybe once or twice a week. But mm-hmm. there's, there's basically, I don't know if it's the same for you, I basically get a flash of something 
I see something and I become utterly obsessed with it and then do it to death. Absolutely. Uh, wow, it's actually pretty crazy. This conversation is quickly unraveling the similarities between you and I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I completely agree. And I actually, if it's one skill that I've learned going through this process, like you've described over and over again is to actually talk about it less with people. Um, yeah. and the reason I say that is because it's always that sort of now what, or is always sort of that when you're going to settle down or, you know, mm. here we go again, or that kind of concept. And yeah it's always like that in the beginning, but you always get that. Wow. Or Holy, I can't believe you did that. Or you, or you're, you're so good at that near the end after you've gone through the weeks of process. So it's, I, I don't really, I try to sort of either not say anything or keep it on the down low, whether it's like, I'm going to make pizza. I'm going to make pizza dough from scratch and <laughs> it's going to be like Roma or Napolitana style. And it's going to be the best. This and that. I don't say anything. I just show up and say, look what I've been working on for the last couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I learned one thing is to make your actions speak for you. Um, because a lot of the times, sometimes it's too, you put too much on your plate and what, you, you know, what would have taken you weeks to learn something and do it well, you just either don't have that time or you get distracted in, in, in the middle of that process. So it doesn't happen, but you've told a bunch of people and it's that sort of accountability thing as well. So I agree with putting the word out there in terms of accountability to make sure you get something done. But I think for people like us, the problem is a lot of times you're trying to put out five things out there and <laughs> there's a good chance, you know, one of those things might not get done right away or during the time that you say it will. But, uh, you're right. When it's something is stuck in your head, there's the obsession of wanting to learn as much about it as possible. And once you gain that knowledge, you, you feel like, why can't I, why wouldn't I be able to do this? And it's not to say like, I'm going to be, we're going to be the best in the world or anything like that at what, whatever we do. But it's the idea of you can with knowledge and with learning, you can do it. So why not? And a lot of people, you know, might say just because you can, doesn't mean you should, but I don't understand that concept too well. Um, yeah, it's, but it, yeah. Everybody kind of always tells you that you need to learn a skill very, very deeply over a very long period of time. And I, and I do agree. And the, the, mm -hmm. sk the skill that's run through my entire career has been design. It's the one thing that I've done nearly every day for 15 years. But, all of the other stuff I've learned, I've learned about SEO and, and I've learned about all the, and, and marketing and things like that. And now I sit in this really weird space where I'm not sure people believe me that I'm an expert at marketing, for example, and also a design expert. Oh yeah. And I can build a website. People don't believe you that you can do it, but I can. And, and it's because of, it's because of this societal thing that, it's the jack of all trades, master of none thing. And yes. And it, it's the idea that the idea of a polymath, somebody who, who, who learns lots of topics and, and who is actually good at learning lots of topics and being good at lots of things. The idea of a polymath is just not a modern idea. People can't understand the idea of being a polymath. And I spoke, I spoke about this with a few people and, uh, and Norm, and Norm Cheller, I think I'm speaking to him next week on this podcast. He's a big believer in it as well. But a lot of people don't believe you when one week they'll say, oh, 
you know, can you help me with this design or whatever? And then they'll come to you another week and say, or oh, can you help me with this content, for example, writing something? And then I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, I can help you with that as well. They don't believe you. They expect, they, they're just like, why do you know all this stuff? It's just alien to them. Yeah. They're always like, well, do you know someone who does podcasting? Do you know somebody who does, you know, who does uh, even like drone videos or something? <laughs> I said, yeah, it's myself. I can do that. And yes, can, you know, someone who specializes in podcasts or content creation or SEO or, and the thing is they're all, they are all connected. And, um, but people don't believe you that, that you can say yes to those things because it's the concept of what do you specialize in? It's like you said, the, you know, jack of all trades, the master of none. And the problem is when you have that in your head while you're trying to build a business, it's a big struggle when you think you can do everything, um, you know, a lot of things pretty well enough where a client can see great results. But when it's always in your mind, what you end up doing is trying to change your business, even though it might be doing well, you try to change it and change the branding. I can't tell you how many times I have changed my website, which is either an anti-procrastination or a procrastination tool. Um, but either or, it's because you're like, oh, then this is my thing. Oh, then this will be my thing. It will be, you know, this type of specific type of marketing. Or, And it's because in your mind, no matter how everything, how well everything else is going, you're thinking, but I need to, I need to, you know, really get to the nitty gritty. What do I do? What do I specialize in? What do people know me for? Which I do agree uh, to a certain extent. And so maybe it's, you're only telling people about one thing. So that kind of concept kind of clicks in their mind, like, Oh, he's this guy, but you do do everything else. Once you do work for them. And you know, it's kind of that word of mouth stuff. He, this guy does everything that goes word of mouth. But in terms of the actual online marketing, it's almost like I have to choose one thing to make people remember me. But once the conversation relationship starts, the knowledge is that, you know, this guy is going to be able to help you build your business overall kind of thing. But that's the kind of struggle, right? You, you want to tell everyone, you want to lay everything out on your website, but we also tell people, well, no, you don't want to make it look like you do everything because then it seems like you do nothing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a complex that, we, that obviously, you know, we, we struggle with. That, I think that that is one of the major downsides that, and I'm always struggling with the same thing, that people, the thing that people most know me for is the thing that I last did. So, or, or the thing that they last saw. So people yeah. might listen to my podcast and then they don't realize that I, I've, I've got a YouTube channel as well, for example, or they don't realize I'm doing this other thing over here or, or this, or this other podcast or, or this other thing over there. They, they know me by the last thing that they've seen or the thing that they were introduced to me by, which means that whenever somebody introduces you in another setting, they're not really quite sure how to introduce you or, or what you do or, no. what, or what you know. And, and I am sometimes envious of people who do seem to have a very clearly defined thing that they are known for. But then I think, I know if I did that, within three months, I'd want to change it because I wouldn't want to be known for that thing. Yeah. And that's that's happened to me over and over on the internet. I don't. I, I enjoy a thing for three months, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to be known for that. And then you just get rid of it. Yeah, it's almost as if once you feel like you are comfortable with it enough, and you're happy with it, and you've mastered it enough <laughs> to make yourself happy, we're good. Let's. What else is out there? 
Um, and you're exactly right. And that's, that, that is the struggle where you really finally find it. You actually finally get to narrow down your niche or your targeted audience, your targeted skill, whatever you want to call it, your, your specialty. And when you do finally, you realize you master it, you do it, people know you for it. And you're like, yeah, okay, so I'm good. Like I can, I can actually can do something else. And then you start changing your direction. And I've, I've gone, and you're right, I do also envy people where uh, pe- people that they recognize I only, whether they're right or wrong, they say, I, I only can do this. I'm only good at this. I'm only good at one thing. And maybe sometimes they're happy about it. Sometimes they're not happy about it. But they're like, I'm only good at one thing, and this is all I can do. And I'm like, that is so good. You don't have this mental complex every single day. Oh, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. Should I chase it? Should I not chase it? Um, so yeah, you kind of envy that, you know, always wanted to get into architecture, always wanted to be a lawyer, psychologist, you know, and I went through that too, where, you know, I thought I want to be known to, um, I took psychology through university and I went all the way going into my master's and I stopped halfway through my master's because I realized I've gone as far as this interests me. And as far as, as I feel like I know enough that I'm happy with it and, I don't, I don't want to do it for the rest of my life. And I, and I totally completely changed. And that set me off into a number of different things doing kind of what, you know, web design on the side, went towards human resources, trying to open up a food truck, da, 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 clothing brands, just, just, just trying everything for whatever reason. And eventually you realize, okay, I need something that can act as an umbrella. And marketing became that sort of umbrella for me where it's marketing, but it can be used for so many different things. If I want to come up with an album, I can use the marketing skills to get it in front of people and make it look great and engage people. Or if I come up with a home, you know, uh, a clothing line or a food uh, magazine, which is something I've tried in the past as well. All these things that you know you're going to want to pursue, but you're still trying to specialize it or trying to put it into one name you're like well online digital marketing that could act as an umbrella just to for peace of mind right however you want to rationalize it and so i think that's how i've been able to sort of stay in this as well also i I do just enjoy i do enjoy trying to find a way to capture people's attentions whether that that is for my clients um i'd love to do it more for myself as the yolevsky brand but obviously it's you know it's kind of like you know the last house that gets painted is the painter's house. So, um, you know, that, that's sort of something that I've been trying to find time and put time aside for, for my own brand as well. So I can sort of show my face and show my brand, um, in in front of people and tell people about the knowledge that I have and maybe get that audience craving that I've been wanting for such a long time. (laughs) I think the problem is when, when you're in marketing, it, it definitely is the thing that your house is the last house that gets painted, but it's also the fact that you know, you know the potential of all the things that you could do. You're like, yeah, I could do a podcast, or I could do a YouTube channel, or or I, I could really double down on Twitter and start doing Twitter, or or I could start a blog, or and you ju- you just know all these things, and you can, like me as, as as well, I can I can clearly see the marketing strategy. I wouldn't even have to write it down, but I, I there's just so much potential. So, and and because of the way that I think, I, I think right. Well, I, if I was to do this, I'd have to do that, and then I'd also have to do this. And you know, if I, if I were going to do that, I'd have to do this, and and then I need this person. And then before you know, it's just spiraled out of control. So the 
the it's only this year for the first time that I've settled on one thing and for me it was Twitter and I was just like I'm sick of going in this loop exactly the same that you that you describe I I don't know how to talk about myself online I I don't know what I am I, I you know the only thing I know for definite is that I run an agency called Genius Division I am the creative director at Genius Division. It's the only thing I know. The, the job title means a million things at a million different times, but I, I know that. So I'm like, right, well, I'm going to talk about design and marketing and those kind of things that sit around that. And I'm going to use Twitter and I'm going to write on Twitter 10 times per day. And that's the only way I could do it because I just saw the potential of everything and everything else spiraled from Twitter I'd been podcasting for a long time purely because I just enjoy the medium. It isn't even about generating an audience. I have generated a small audience, but it isn't because I wanted to generate an audience. It's just I enjoy podcasting. So for me, the only antidote to this idea of doing loads of stuff was to just pick one and try to become obsessed with it and forget about everything else. Uh, And that's really tough, man. That's really tough to do. (laughs) You're doing really well at it, uh, from what I'm seeing on on Twitter. I um, I'm envious of what when I see that consistent. I think I did it for uh, a week, and I need to. Get back. I think I built my pipeline for a week, and and then it just kind of went through this drought. And um, so when I I like what to see what you're doing. So that's awesome. Kudos to you, man. Yeah, I I did the same though. I did the same being consistent with it for ten years before I finally said I'm sick of this. I'm gonna do it consistently and the only thing the only way I could do it was to just say to myself your only rule is to write 10 tweets per day it doesn't matter what you write it doesn't matter what they're about it's just you're gonna write 10 tweets per day and you need to treat this like an exercise or a workout or or, or whatever way you want to look at it and I I add the extra impetus uh, and I don't know if you found the same but when when coronavirus hit I was scared. I, I didn't know when it first hit and they was locking down the UK. I didn't know if, if I'd have any clients left within a couple of weeks. So I, I, I was like, I need to be building me as a brand, as, as something. Have a thing online that I could fall back on if things go the worst way possible. And they didn't. But I had the impetus of knowing that I, I, I'd got lucky this time. That, uh, And it's a little bit different with you because it's 100% your company. But with, with Genius Division, there's other people. Uh, we, we're, a te- we're a team of five and there's two other directors. So I own 33% of it. So whilst it is mine and it 100% is and everything that we do, we all do it in joint decisions, there's still the feeling that there should be something else. I, sh- I should have had something else. So the 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 scare factor for me it was the fear that I were like, I've wasted these ten years when I could have been doing something. So that's what's driven me all of this time to continue. The fact that I know that I should have been doing it when I didn't, especially when I had the skills to do it. So I, I just started writing ten tweets, and I didn't even know what I was going to write them about. So it, it was purely a consistency based on fear, to be honest. Right. Yeah. And, um, I, I kind of went through that same, 
process as well. You know, when COVID hit, you kind of start thinking about ways to not have to be reliant on your clients yeah. as a business, which is, <laughs> which is a funny concept. And you're thinking, you know, um, I might like some of my, my clients basically are, well, I started off in the hospitality um, you know, doing like for restaurants and, um, and venues and, and that kind of thing. Mostly just, I, I used to be a food writer. So I would go into all the restaurants that I actually wrote good reviews about and that I actually loved. And I would say, Hey, you know, I, I eat here. I love this place. And I think you guys need a better website or I think you guys need this. And I, I can really find a way to capture an audience for you guys because I personally love the food. And that's kind of how it started. Um, so it's that and, and pre pre-construction condos, which is, you know, where most of my work comes from. So when you think about the condo market and COVID and you hear the headlines and you, and you're thinking, um, is there, is now the time for me to start thinking about something I can do that is not reliable on others? And what I mean by that is like not your clients. So more of that one-to-one, -one, you know, focus on me and knowledge and transferring to more people rather than service-based for clients. Because if clients don't need that service, then you don't have that work. But knowledge is something that you can capture more and more people. And maybe it doesn't mean as much money as, you know, you're not getting paid for per reads kind of thing, unless you're on medium.com or something like that. But um it's just a way of you're trying to build a long-term foundation, which is weird. You think during COVID, you start thinking short-term in terms of how am I going to get through this month? I want to get through next month, but it actually made me think more long-term because it makes you think of times like this that can happen, but you don't think about it because they don't happen, you know, um, often. And so you start thinking, well, what can I do that is future-proof? And that's basically, I think the, the, the thing that comes, the concept that comes to mind is what can I do that's future proof. And for me, for people like us, it's usually things that have less variables and less variables means sometimes less people. And, and if you just think, what can I do as maybe do I become an authority that and scalable products? And that's where the whole, you know, we met through Jack Butcher, mm -hmm. uh, you know, visualized value. And that came through as well Is what can I do that is, I'm the main variable and my knowledge is the main variable, but I can scale it and, 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 um, serve more people, yeah. um, rather than just relying on that monthly service client. Right. Fortunately, knock on wood, um, you know, it hasn't had such a, it hasn't had that negative impact on me. So I'm very, very fortunate for that. But nonetheless, the, the, the concept is there and it's ingrained in my mind. And so it is, now, you know, sort of put me in a place to think about, um, future proof, you know, business plans in terms of what can I do? You know, you, when you're working in other people's businesses and audiences and their websites, your website just kind of stays stale and it's okay. As long as it says my name and marketing and three services with a price on it, it looks like I'm a legit business and I just leave it there and I don't do anything and I don't continue with the content and my SEO is crap and all that kind of stuff while your clients flourish maybe it's time to start finding that balance that you have both avenues that, that are doing well. And so that's where, that's where I'm at now. And it's trying to build that content pipeline, trying to break through that um, procrastination barrier. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm exactly the same place. It, we, we, we've run our agency for 10 years and, and pretty, yeah, pretty much for, 
eight, maybe even nine of those years, the work has been purely, purely client work, monthly client work as well. We've got barely any retainers uh, and it's finding new work every month or finishing off the work that we've previously done every month for nine years. And, and that's a stress. That's, that's a big stress to, to know that you, you are always only a few months away from basically failing. You're always a few months away from that. And, o- and over time, you don't really think about it anymore because it kind of just becomes the way of life. But when, yeah, when COVID hit, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. I need to figure out a way to leverage what I already know, which I've spent 15 years learning all these skills. There, there's plenty of room to turn that into something that I would have already made for a client anyway, that, that I would have advised a client to do a million times over uh, and yeah it's, it's definitely still in my mind but it, it, it yeah it took me a long time to even though you know all the weaknesses in the client model you there's some months where you just hate it and I, we've had these conversations mi- a million times at genius division uh not that you hate the clients but it's just that you hate the model and you 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 hate that the work is always up and down and up and down and it's feast and famine and you know you need to find a different way but yeah it took me to to this to to covid to realize it and it is ingrained in my mind now i haven't really found the thing yet i had right i had a little bit of success with gumroad and things like that and selling selling productivity slash procrastination type products uh yeah, I saw those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a couple of books that I wrote, but then, but then I started thinking. So, so what I've done with these is basically in, almost invented an entire personality that I am. You know, the guy who gets things done or doesn't procrastinate, who does a lot of stuff, and written books about it and sold them. I already have the personality of somebody who knows what he's doing, an expert in marketing, an expert in design. Why am I not selling products on the stuff that I know very, very deeply? <laughs> uh, I still don't know that answer yet. I still, I, I, I nearly made a design course. I made about 70% of a design course and then released it for free, the bits that I actually did because there was just something that didn't feel right at the time. It just didn't feel right and I, I don't know what it is yet still. But now I've kind of slowly realized that I was going too far down the life advice, productivity advice stuff, and I need Mm -hmm. to lean way back into the stuff that I already know that I can talk about for days. Uh, And it's just that loop constantly going, but it is definitely in my mind to do something outside of client work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, that is the other thing too, that when you, when you build, like whether you're right, you wrote a, you write a book, uh, you're trying to push, you know, maybe you're trying to rank your website on the first page of Google for certain, for certain terms. And you're thinking, I'm the expert. People pay me to do this, <laughs> but I can't do it for myself. Why, how much of an expert can I be? I can't sell this book. I can't even get this book in the hands of people and I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to sell it. Uh, and people are supposed to believe me, but I mean, your clients, obviously they believe you, they look to you as the expert, but you can't view yourself as an expert because you're, you're trying to do the same thing for yourself. And it, it's like the formula is just way off. You approach yourself way different than you approach a client. 
and it, I think, and that's sort of, that's another struggle that sort of comes up, right? When you, you yeah. finish a product and the product, you know, is whether it's about SEO or whether it's about lead capturing, lead generation, and then a week goes by and it's like 15 leads for <laughs> in seven days. I can't, I can't believe it. How can anyone believe anything in this book if I can't get this book out, you know, to enough people? But it's not because you don't know what you're doing and it's not because you're not an expert in that field. It's, I think you're just looking at it from a different approach than you with your clients because obviously, you know, like you said, your agency's been around for, for a decade or a, a decade now, right? Yeah. So you're obviously doing something right. It's that, am I not approaching this the right way? Am I trying to, is this another shiny thing? Do I have to take a step back and look at myself as its own business? How would I critique myself? And, you know, a lot of times you're, you're very uh, fortunate to have, you know, partners as well in terms of being able to uh, someone outside of your own head to look at and be like, no, Craig, that you can't do it that way. Why would you, why would you say it like that? Or why would you, you know, why would you market it that way? Um, that's something where the Slack uh, group that we're in is really beneficial to me because I, I don't have that. I've, I've worked for, I've worked remotely. Uh, I've worked from home for nine years. Yeah, I guess it's, it's this business. And so the transition from being someone in front of audiences and talking to people and whether it's in like a startup type of office and that kind of thing. And I enjoy it, but I have not had it for, for nine years. And, I, and that feedback, that back and forth conversation that sparks, whether it's imagination, creativity or ideas and that kind of thing is, um, is hard to come by when you're working by yourself from home. So, um, I just went on a tangent right there. I don't know how I ended up to where I was, to where I am right now, but I'll, but I'll jump, think, I'll jump oh, in. Right, it's the product. Yeah. Sorry. It's the products. Like you said, it's, it's trying to have somebody outside of your head to, to look at what you're doing for yourself. It's almost like you need to be someone else's client, yeah. which I have, I have, it has crossed my mind to hire someone else to do my own website. But even that was absurd because I, come on, like now you're just procrastinating or you're being lazy. Like no way you got to prove this to yourself. I think, so, that, I think um, there's maybe a service, it. there's a service there where d designers and marketing people all work together to do the first step of the work. So the, the first the first step might be the discovery interview uh, and then maybe writing a brief or something like that. And I think that's all that you need. You need somebody to to be able to sound off who can see your business from an outside perspective uh, with the same skills that you have to be able to say, well, why aren't you doing that? Because you you know you you've been doing this for ten years, so put that into a book, and then you're like, oh my god, that's exactly right. But I I think the thing is, and this is what I found when <clears throat> excuse me when I was writing when I was writing the productivity books because because I am not an expert at productivity or however you'd even however you'd even define that because I'm not an expert at that because it isn't my job. I haven't made money from those kind of things there was less of a there was l kind of less of a a desire or, or no desire is the wrong word less of a I, I wasn't as bothered to be pushing them to be selling them to be promoting them but when it's when it's a skill that i know i'm good at it, it's the the whole expert uh, the whole imposter syndrome thing when it's a skill that i know i'm good at i have to i feel like i have to present my skills 
to show I am the expert that I know I am. And obviously that's ludicrous because I'd never be able to do that. I'd never be able to present my skills in the way I see them in my head, which is perfect, right. basically. Yeah. I'm, I'm never going to be able to do that. But I won't settle for anything less than perfect in, in those instances because I want to represent myself 100% the correct way. And it's why in 15 years I've never really managed to finish a portfolio of, of any kind for myself, for my personal self. We've done them for the agency. But half of the time they've been, you know, they've been half-baked as well. And we, we, had a, we had a holding page up for three years and then we turned the holding page into a website for another two or three years. And then we finally, only just recently, finished a website and the website that went live was version 3.1. Right. Uh, and there's, there's, there's this whole, <laughs> yeah, there's this whole expert thing where it isn't even an imposter syndrome thing. It's it's worse than that. It's that you know, you know you're not an imposter. You are know you you know you're really good at what you do, and because of that, you don't want to misrepresent yourself. You want to show yourself as the expert that you know you, that you are, and that leads to even more procrastination than thinking that you're not an expert. This is a, a very vicious cycle. <laughs> that we, it's a vicious cycle. Um, I think the only thing that really pulls me out of it, uh, that consistently pulls me out of it, is when you just cling on to that thing that you have that sort of, oh, the word keeps coming up and I can't remember it. That's not a Zen mode, but that kind of mode where you are, you don't even realize you're working, you love it. And flow state. When you cling on to that something that you love, sorry, what'd you say? A flow state. Flow state. There it is. Not Zen state. Zen state, you might fall asleep, but flow flow state is that sort of concept where you cling on to something that you love because when you do that, everything you do becomes more natural and you tend not to overthink things because you feel comfortable with what you're doing. And so whether it's within the marketing umbrella, like whether I'm doing something for a client, I cling on to what is, what is it about the, whether it's the industry that the client's in, whether it's the content, whether it's the physically, what I'm actually doing, maybe it's search engine optimization or just the design of the site, something that I'm really loving about it. If I go with that, I'm, I'm not overthinking anything and I'm just sort of just loving what I'm doing and, and naturally organically this product comes, comes together and, and it, and it comes together pretty well. When you're doing something for yourself, it's the same thing. It's okay. What, what am I most excited about when I think about, I'm going to get myself up and running. I'm going to, you know, I really want to, um, get my name out there as well to view myself as an authority or whatever it is. But what, what's that one thing you're most excited about? Is it the website? Is it the podcast? Is it just like you said, maybe it's just doing a live chat. And I think whatever that thing you are most excited about and that you love the most, you do it. You just do it first because it's going to set the most natural foundation and path that you would never be able to strategize or think of because it's completely, it's completely emotional. Um, and it's something that you, it's not tangible. It's not something that you can really measure. So you just kind of go with that feeling and then you're on this track of feeling good, feeling good, momentum, momentum. You go with it for as long as, as, as long as you really can. Um, until eventually you have to start, you know, strategizing, you know, and branching out and that kind of thing. But the only thing that pulls me out of that vicious cycle of, you know, am I doing this right? Why, why can I do it so well for others about myself? Am I really an expert? Am I just pretending? 
it's just just stop and what am i just excited about doing right now mm-hmm. and most of the time it is something that you like it i mean no one's really excited about doing something that they're just horrible at um most, like most of the time it's something that you're going to be at least decent or very good at or else you wouldn't be so excited with getting it started you're usually excited about it because you know the end is going to be relatively good yeah. so just just to start with what am what what am i most excited with starting with and that sh- that usually puts me on a pretty good path how long that path lasts well that's a personality thing and that's a, that's a whole nother topic but at least it gets you in the right mindset from the beginning and that's that's sort of that's worked for me anyway i think that's a beautiful way of finishing after after that eulogy that you just gave then <laughs> yeah. this this went way deeper than I expected. We're, we're, we're like twins from other side of other side of the world. And uh, I feel like we've just had a psychology session rather than actually, <laughs> actually talking about anything worthwhile. Um, do you want to plug your website or anything before we finish? Our website is yolevsky.com. And, um, you know, stay tuned. I hope there's a lot of content that's supposed to be coming out on that website but i mean honestly if you have you can follow me on twitter it's yulevsky as well at yulevsky um if you have any questions you know reach out to craig first then you can reach out to me this is his show but if you, can, <laughs> if you have any marketing questions please feel free you can mention both of us in your tweet and be more than happy to uh take a look at, at uh what kind of thing you've got going on with your business and um what what possibly you could do to to get more traffic or more leads clicking on you know sign up join now download this get this for free send me the pdf send me the free guide join the webinar whatever you like um yeah happy to chat either way send me a message at yulevsky or yulevsky.com cool cheers man speak to you soon thanks craig